Have you ever said a silent or whispered wish? Or maybe you have a little routine that's like a ritual. Then perhaps like me, you've inadvertently been exercising your magic. I've been thinking a lot about what magic is and what it can mean after listening to a recent podcast series. And before I get into reviewing it, I'm going to give you a heads up that until you listen to this show, you're probably going to think... I'm being a teensy bit over the top. Well, all right, a lot over the top. But I can't remember a podcast series ever having such a profound effect on me than this one, which is part of the reason why I'm recording this out in the wild. It's just after dawn and I'm out along the Grand Union Canal in Leicestershire. My daily walk is now longer and earlier and often involves several stops along the way for a ponder, a bit of reflection and sometimes just to be still and be. Or to chat to the new guy I've started seeing around dawn every day who tells me he goes for a five mile walk and then maybe stops to chat to the fisherman. One of the other reasons I'm out and about is I've been looking into the local history of the area and the road I walk along to get here predates the Romans. And in fact, Edward I came along it on his way to Leicester at the end of the year 1300. And one of the first settlements around here is just a few miles away. It happened in the year 500. Then over the next half century or so, they moved along closer to near where I live and they had a settlement that stretched for about 1500 acres across a whole area that lasted for about a thousand years until this common land used by the people for their crops and animals and living and then was taken by the enclosure acts taken away from them and given with a legal stamp to a gentry landowner so taken from the many and given to the few and that kind of ties in with this podcast series I'm going to talk about I mean the buildings that pass along this way only go back about 200 years or so but as I walk along the canal passing old condemned brick bridges that used to carry the animals across the fields. It isn't hard to imagine a different world, a different life, and how life evolved from the communities, sharing the workloads in fields through to industry and new transport. Especially here along the canal, where you still walk along the paths trodden by horses that used to pull the cargo carrying barges which is also good timing as I'm just coming up to one of the locks that is still pretty much the same as it would have been all those years ago. Right, you might be thinking, 
All right, a little bit of history. Cheers for that. Let's crack on with the review, shall we? And you know what? Fair point. But I'm also out here because I listened to this series mainly whilst out walking and it really added to it and made me feel a little bit more connected, thoughtful. I'm not saying, look, you have to get your shoes on and head off into the wilderness to listen to a podcast show, but, you know, you, you might want to. Anyway, this all might sound like absolute nonsense. Or maybe not. Right. This looks like a good spot to have a pause, a ponder, and a peer over the canal. You know what? I'm going to snap a picture of this because it's proper beaut. I mean, yeah, sure, it's just a canal and a, and a field, but the light coming through the trees, off the water, the birdies taking flight across the field. Lovely. Hey up, I'm Nathan Human, and this is Humanish, the Biscuit Reviews episode six. This episode is a double header, starting with the podcast series, Witch, and then the graphic novel, Isabella and Blodwin by Rachel Smith. If by some chance you want to skip ahead to the second review, you can fast forward to 10 minutes and 30 seconds. I saw the podcast series, which recommended on social media by writer Melissa Harrison, and I didn't even read any blurb or listen to any trailers. I just dived straight in. Based on the title and the gorgeous folksy artwork, I was kind of expecting a light jaunt through history and perhaps some interviews with people who are carrying on some witchy wicker-like traditions. And yes, we meet some modern witches but it is far more varied and deeper and at times shocking than I was expecting. From kitchen witches to sisterhoods to an architect who uses the wheel of the year and the phases of the moon to help him plan work and lifestyle changes. Do you want to hear how greed and capitalism radically altered communities and sidelined the role of women? No problem. How about why the witch trials were not as prevalent in northern Scotland and Wales and Ireland? Cool. Got you covered. Why does digging in soil help your mood? And what magic helps elite athletes? Or why do big businesses pay hundreds of thousands for their own witchy guides? You get all of that and more. As thoughtful, inquisitive and genuine host India Rackerson and her team create a spellbinding series with each half an hour episode artfully exploring different aspects of what witch can mean. There is revelatory insight into how the words witch and hag have been corrupted, and she also reveals what gossip originally meant. I'll let you experience the joy of hearing that one, but it will definitely make you rethink how it is used. The series is sprinkled with beautifully surprising moments like that, and part of its charm and joy is that Rackerson is warmly inquisitive and open with everyone she meets. This gentle curiosity opens up far more dialogue than some other journalists who might utilise a more challenging or antagonistic approach. There is real rigour and depth as historians and academics are nudged to help unpack something of a mystery centuries in the making. Because at its heart, this series takes preconceived ideas of what a witch is and uses it as a way to explore how a drive to industry and material wealth led our society away from its connection to community and nature and how this redefined the role of women within these new societies. It also sounds fantastic. 
The original music by The Big Moon and sound design by Olga Reed is a perfect brew and they help add depth and character to the stories we hear and the people we meet. The trips to watery graves and icy rivers make this an immersive listening experience and the use of sound actually makes this one of those series where you, you really don't want it to be a TV show as it is a treat for your ears and it helps you imagine and picture it clearer in your mind. Now, a couple of things happened after listening to this podcast series that have never happened before to me. Firstly, I incorporated new rituals into my everyday life that they've stuck and I still do them and they've made a difference to my mental well-being. I'll be super curious if it has had this effect on any of the listeners. Please let me know if that's you. And secondly, I finished the final 13th episode and went right back to the beginning to listen to it all again. This is a series that made me think. But more importantly, it really made me feel. Whether it is the centuries-old murders or injustices or the joy of learning about the effects of nature and awe on our brains, it was an emotional as well as educational experience. The undoubted horror of some of the history is contrasted with the present-day joy of the people we are introduced to that have embraced the natural world in their everyday lives. There were times when I was listening as I wandered the countryside and I just beamed with a sense of happiness for others. And you know what? I don't care if that makes me sound a bit like a hippie or or a witch. My biscuit rating? Look, this needs its own category as it can't just be one biscuit. It is like your very own selection pack of all your favourite biscuits. A tasty cookie of history, a delicious sciencey shortbread and a chocolate bourbon of mystery and much more. You can read more about the series and find the link to listen by going to the biscuit reviews at thehumanish.co.uk. You can find previous episodes of the biscuit reviews and the written versions of those reviews at thehumanish.co.uk. For future episodes, I would like to hear from you. Do you have a TV show, podcast, or book that you think is a bit of an undiscovered gem? If so, I'd love to hear from you. You can either contribute in written form, voice record your comments, or get in touch and we can have a bit of a natter. Contact details are at thehumanish.co.uk or, you know, you can sling me a message on social media. I look forward to hearing from you. Artist, writer and comic book creator Rachel Smith has built a loyal following with her autobiographical comic strips. These sit neatly alongside her fictional works that also playfully but genuinely examine our social and emotional foibles. During the pandemic, her daily quarantine comics not only resonated with many people, but they also showcased her winning ability to address what can be huge emotional thoughts with nimble humour and wit. It was around this time that I spoke to Rachel for an early episode of Humanish, and while she couldn't talk about some of her upcoming work, she did say this. Um, I've got, I mean, I'm working on Isabella and Bloodwin, which is my, my book that's funding on unbound.com at the moment. Uh, and that's about a young girl and a malevolent witch and their kind of strange relationship. Now that's Netflix. <laughs> They've got all this stuff on there now. I've just seen this like Lock and Key, uh, The October Faction. They've had Sabrina. This Right, we need to sort this out, Rachel. I'm telling okay, you. Okay, well, I'll, I mean, I should finish the book first, probably. <laughs> well, yeah. Get on the phone to your agent and go, look, right, get me a deal with Netflix. Let's get this sorted. <laughs> 
that okay. would be I'm right next in the next three years it's going to be on I'm telling you there's my prediction okay brilliant that's great okay so i said that in may 2020 that's just all right so that's just over three years ago so anytime now The premise for Isabella and Blodwin is right up my street, and it reminded me a little of the fantastical story Rachel created in one of her previous books, Rabbit. Both have larger-than-life disruptive characters who arrive to wreak havoc for our hero, but this time we are led in a different direction with a more playful tone masking some of the darker thoughts. Our hero is Isabella, a precocious 16-year-old who is struggling with the social aspect of life at Oxford University. Highly strung and anxious, but brilliant and determined, she has no time for her flatmates, even the well-meaning nice one, as she is determined to pour her time and energy into securing a summer internship with her favourite professor. It is on a uni trip to Pitt's River Museum, an actual museum, that an incident occurs that leads to Blodwin, the centuries-old witch, being unleashed. Despite coming across like the frenzied child of Slimer from Ghostbusters and Grotbags, Blodwin professes to want to help Isabella, although her chaotic witchery comes across more like sabotage at the beginning. And as a quick side note, right, this gave me some weird flashbacks to 20 years ago when I ended up at that same museum on a trip when I was with an ex and their mum took us there. Anyway, after some brief therapy, I finished the book. On my first read-through, I loved the artwork, especially the shape-shifting, big persona of Blodwin, but also Rachel's skills at depicting such nuanced emotions and thoughts in characters' expressions. This means that when she does rely on words, they are completely necessary and delivered with zest. It was on the second read-through that I honed more in on the storyline of I don't know how to fit in whilst being me. This is often given to teenage characters, but you know what? It's something that I'll admit to still finding tricky at the age of... the age of... Well, not a teenager. After listening to the podcast series Witch, I also went back to reread the parts where Blodwin corrects an inaccurate historical story about witches. And it's appropriate that the mistelling is given by a cocksure, in more ways than one, male professor. The art and colour for these retellings are lush and they help elevate the story and the character of Blodwin. The odd couple relationship of the two main characters has echoes of the manic energy of Bottom a little bit, and I couldn't help but imagine Blodwin as a female Rick male. Maybe I was thinking of Drop Dead Fred? There is a fun contrast between the ancient but impulsive Blodwin and the young but apprehensive Isabella, and there's a nice balance with a caring flatmate Annie. Between them, there's a sweet and important tale of who's got your back when you need it most. This bit might sound a little bit odd, and apologies for another kind of filmy reference, but there's an element of Spielberg's early family films to this book, in that depending on your age, you'll relate to and respond to different parts of the story. And I know we might be reaching a point of fatigue and saturation with expanded stories and universes, but I really could go for an Isabella and Blodwin series to further explore these characters, and at least maybe take Isabella through university. When you have a writer that creates memorable characters, well-crafted and interesting stories, you always want more. My biscuit rating for Isabella and Blodwin is mini party rings, slightly chaotic and colourful fun, and good for sharing. You can find written versions of these podcast reviews on the website thehumanist.co.uk, where you can also find social media links for Twitter, Instagram to come and say hi, 
and you can see the mini video versions over on TikTok. The link for that is also at thehumanish.co.uk, where you can also find links to Rachel Smith's work and the Witch podcast series. Thanks for listening, and you know what? Feel free to share this with a friend or, you know, someone you don't like. Up to you. I'm off for a brew and a bicky, so until next time, ta-ra.